So, you ready to start a podcast? Well, Spotify for Podcasters is the absolute perfect solution. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters. They make it super easy to record and edit right from your computer. And not only that, it lets you distribute your content everywhere and even earn cash. And the best part, it's absolutely free. You literally have no excuse. So I suggest you go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters and start creating today. You know, but before I even get into it, I'm, I've always been curious about how a, a woman can really get caught up with a married man and Ooh. not know it. How, how was he able man. to keep you engaged and you not know? And how, that, how long was it, by the way? I had dated a guy who had children. And there were two little girls. And they loved me. And after a month, they started to call me mom. And we ended up breaking up. And that was a tough situation for me because I was like... I don't want to come into any child's life and just leave like that Mm -hmm. ever again. So I had told him, unless we're practically married, I don't want to meet your children. That's what I had told him. So I didn't go to his house. Welcome to Harley Initiated. It is your host, Tyshawn Jackson, rocking here with another episode of my co-host, Ryan Ketches. I just want to say that I'm very proud of this platform because at this point, we're getting the best guests in the world at this point. So we're really about to take it up a notch. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We are here with a doctor. Yes. (laughs) Whenever I start seeing them letters in front of the names, I just know this person is qualified here. Official. (laughs) To give y'all some game, y'all. I did a lot of research on this beautiful woman here, on this beautiful wife here. On the platform, and it's something even special when our coaches walk up in here with their husbands. Yeah, yeah, that's a fact. That's a fact. So it's real. Makes it even more yeah, credible. Credible talent right here. But we are sitting here with an author, with a coach, and somebody that's going to put us on some game here today. So I'm excited about the conversation. Welcome to Harley Initiated, Coach Cass. Hey. Welcome to the six. Welcome I to the show. I am excited to be here, fellas. Yes. So excited. And I love what you're doing for our community. Like, this is beautiful, a much-needed conversation. So I'm here to pour it all out. Whatever question you've got, nothing's off limits. I got you. Yeah. Oh, we like that energy. Yeah, we need I, that. I love that yeah. energy. As a matter of fact, you know, even before we started having a conversation about, you know, your backstory, yeah. which is interesting and is a lot, very connected to, you know, why you're even here today. Yeah. So before I even get into all the game for the ladies, I kind of want to start there. Mm-hmm. Because you were once in many of the ladies' seats Ooh. that you're helping today. Hallelujah. So, <laughs> you know, <clears throat> I was dating a guy that I thought was the one, right? We did business together. We traveled the world together. I went on his company trips, you know, so we were planning a future and a hope. And one Christmas Eve, I got a call from a mutual friend. I said, Merry Christmas. He's like, yeah, that's not why I'm calling. He said, well, why are you calling? He says, he's married. My heart shattered into a million pieces. And I was in a really dark place. But you know what? That didn't stop me from dating. I kept dating the wrong guy after the wrong guy Mm. after the wrong guy. Toxic relationship after toxic relationship. And I said, you know what? Something's got to give. My defining moment was when I got maybe my 29th wedding invitation. So wait a second, is everybody getting married? Y'all ever feel like 20? everybody is getting married? Yeah, I'm in, we, I'm in that space yeah. right now. You, right, right there, right? right? right. So right. it doesn't matter. Listen, Toothless Willie just got married last week. You know what I mean? It's just like, <laughs> it doesn't matter the age, the stage, the race, the weight, none of it. And I started to think, yo, I'm cute. You cute. Like, why is this not working for me? And that's when I came to the place, I need to draw a line in the sand. But I drew that line behind me. I said, I'm not going to go back. I don't want to turn into a pillar of salt. If you Mm. know, you know, right? So then (laughs) I started to move forward and I said, okay, well, let me become a student of love. So I read almost 100 books on love. I went to marriage conferences as a single woman. You know those little cutouts where you put your face in? Right. Yeah, so there's the bride and there wasn't no groom. Everybody's Mm. like, yo, Kaz, where's the the groom? I'm like, he's coming, he's coming. I started to interview successful couples, successful married people, people who had been married for over 25 years but actually still liked each other because the people I was around... They weren't selling this marriage thing at all. And Mm. so all of this work that I did brought me to this place where I attracted an amazing man named Andy Henriquez, the master storyteller. And now we have a beautiful baby girl. And I started to think and look at all the professional women across the landscape. And I realized they were just like me. I'm Jamaican. 
So my mother told me growing up, study your book, right? Focus on your book. That's what you do. That's it, right? And that wasn't really getting me the love life that I wanted, right? Many professional women are focused on their career, on their cousins, on community service, you know, on the kids. Mm. But what about love, right? Or they're on the other side praying in that back closet for that Boaz, that high value man. Where's he supposed to come from if sis don't go outside? We mm-hmm. outside, right? So literally, that's how I ended up in the lane where I now support amazing professional women in their love journey through an amazing community. Yeah. You know, but before I even get into it, I'm, I've always been curious about how a, a woman can really get caught up with a married man Ooh. and not know it. Hallelujah. Because like, I, I just don't know how. Mm. I know the responsibility of being married. That's a huge title. It's nothing that just stops that you're doing a Tuesday or Wednesday, or right. if you're doing it right, at least. Yeah. But how, how was he able Man. to keep you engaged and you not know? And how, that, how long was it, by the way? It was like two years. Oh, so wow. So we talking about hindsight 2020, right? So when I look back, there was a lot of, oh, I'm going to the bathroom, but I got to go with my phone. And then you on the phone in the bathroom, right? Mm. Mm. We would still spend weeks at a time together his company trip. So I'm around who you work with, right? Right. All of that. But you know what it was? Before him, I had dated a guy who had children. And there were two little girls. And they loved me. And after a month, they started to call me mom. And we ended up breaking up. And that was a tough situation for me because I was like, I don't want to come into any child's life and just leave like that Mm -hmm. ever again. So I had told him, unless we're practically married, I don't want to meet your children. That's what I had told him. So I didn't go to his house. Wow. Okay, that's, yeah. That's After two years, still didn't go to his house. I didn't go to his yeah. house. Okay, gotcha. Because I didn't want to meet his kids because his kids was there and all of that. And because I had that baggage that I didn't deal with and I brought that over here, I was like, you know what? I don't want to meet your kids. So that's what made it easy, right? Mm-hmm. But then again, what I found out, I wasn't the only one, mm-hmm. right? He he was like different. He got bros and he got hoes in different area codes. He got one over here, one over there, one over there. So it wasn't just me. Mm-mm. First of all, we need to get him on a podcast. Hey, he, right. he running an operation. How, how to live a double life. <laughs> <laughs> that is not the goal, fellas. No, it's right. not. It's not. But this mm. man is over here, got scaling, scaling, scaling. His- <laughs> Listen. So I talked to the chick that was after me, right? And I warned her. And you know what's crazy? He ended up telling her the same exact story he told me. So it was an operation. He had a script. Wow. Oh, my wife isn't here. She's in the Bahamas. You know, I have a sitter. Da, 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 da. But I didn't, it triggered like, wow, that's exactly what he told me in the beginning. Right? Like, oh, you know, like we're broken up. We got a divorce. She lives over there. She doesn't live with me. Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. Same exact script down to a side. So what do you, what do you tell a woman to be to be able to avoid that? Is it just as simple as making sure you actually see his home? Is it making That's a part of it? <laughs> okay, okay, just the first step. That, that, that is a part of it, right? So, and it's so funny because my my husband, I remember for a while when we first started dating, he wasn't telling me where he lived. I was like, wait, hold up now, homie. <laughs> I need an address. Right. Okay, Start having some yeah. I need to come through. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> Who all? That was a big thing. Um, where do you live? But I, I say, ask the question: Are you married? Does anybody think that they're married to you? Right? Like, right. do you have a girlfriend? <laughs> Does anybody think that they're a girlfriend? Right? Would anybody that, be mad if right. they saw us together? Exactly. Right. right? Like, I also encourage a certain Google search. You know what I mean? It's it's not a problem to do a do a small small search. You gotta do a small search. That's true. Yeah, but in the meantime, you just get to know the person and don't be too quick with it. That's my issue, right? When you look at dating nowadays, it goes from zero to 100 real quick, right? So one kiss turns to sex in less than two weeks, right? So the average with, with, well, I won't even say that's the average. That's not the large statistics. I'm not promoting sex in a week, right? Mm. But what I've come across for women, some women end up having sex very quickly because of chemistry, thinking that that might keep a man, and it doesn't. It doesn't mean anything other than y'all had a good time. Mm. So instead of hitting it quick, like, take a moment, get to know this dude. Who does he hang out with? Who are his friends? I'm, I'm, I'm opposed to dating in silos, right? What usually happens is you go on a date with someone, and you're like, oh, I like her. Oh, I like him. Let me keep dating this person. A couple months later, 
a year later, you're like, ooh, let me introduce them to the family. Then the family's like, oh, hell no, nah, this ain't it. He's like, what? I'm in love. That's a problem. You want to invite all important parties to the table from early so that they can help you in this decision making because your people know you right mm. and you want to make sure that you have the right people at the table because some of the people at the table don't need to be there right, right. <laughs> you have to be very careful i believe that your life is an audience and there's like three or four people in your vip section so you go to dinner with the vip you know have some strong men some good men in your life to like just weigh in like that's a good brother. You know, have a good conversation. But stop dating over here in a silo. When Andy and I first got together, that's my husband's name. When we first got together, I remember after a couple months, it was like July 4th. And his mom always did a big barbecue. I said, yo, can I bring my family? He's like, yeah, cool. I rolled up with 10 people. He was like, 10 Jamaicans? Wow. Yo, 10 oh, Jamaicans. <laughs> they crashed. They crashed in the party. That's the a crash. July 4th party. <laughs> yes. And we had a good time. But what was cool is that we had a good time. And so when we ended up getting married, it was like a family reunion mm. versus a first introduction. You mm. see? And to me, love is about building a life with someone that lasts. It's not just about how you make me feel, how I feel. Because after that, guess what? When them bills come, when those sicknesses come, when those kids come or whatever hits you, how you feel doesn't matter, right? Can you last past the feeling? Because the feeling isn't always there. Yeah, that's some very different counsel from what we've typically gotten from, mm -hmm. you know, people we had on the show. So you're saying bring the family and close friends in a little bit earlier. Yeah. OK, now introduce them as a friend. So you don't it. have to be like, oh, this is my woman. This is my man. This is the love of my life. It's my friend. Right. That's it. No titles. None of that. Don't get offended. He didn't introduce me as his girlfriend. No, you are a friend. Right. So be a friend. Help with the plates. Wash the dishes. Help pick up the trash. Be the helpful one. Play the role, right? Because everybody's watching you, period. I think that is phenomenal advice because most people will wait until the decision is finally made nah. to, to bring them around the family, friends. That's a problem. Okay, what about sex? Because so we've actually had counsel before where, you know, we've had people say, hey, you know, hold out on sex until you get to know that person a little bit more until you, you know, get through these few sequential steps mm -hmm. but the response that we get from our audience is, is hey the ladies are like hey that's unrealistic mm. you know it's unrealistic because men are not waiting for sex mm. and when I tell a man that I actually want to you know slow things down they typically find some level of offense or they just don't stick around for you know whatever remaining process I have in place yeah so is it is it really realistic to or and what is the timeline to um, hold back from from being intimate with somebody Okay, so here's the thing. You got to be okay with him having sex with somebody else. Right? I want to get to know you, man. Who cares who you sleep with? I don't. Right? I'm just trying to see who you are as a man. And if you need to go get your rocks off somewhere, go do it over there. We're not really together. Dating is gathering data. I'm just getting to know who you are. So if you want to pressure me to have sex with you, to open up the most intimate part of my life when I hardly even know your middle name, that is unrealistic, mm. right? We rush into something that is so sacred, so beautiful. When you have sex with someone that you just met versus someone that you have an emotional connection with, that you have a future with, that you're building life with, it's two totally different things. So if you're looking to do a random porn, <laughs> where you're just trying to have a good time for today, so be it. Right. But if you're looking to build a strong house, is what I call it. If you're trying to build a strong foundation with someone, it goes so much more than that. Why? Stuff stops working. As we get older, stuff sags, stuff goes down, people need pills, people get sicknesses, people got attitudes, bills, you know, this stress, you know? Life. Life, life. be life in, right? So at the end of the day, if sex is what, you know, brought you here, it cannot keep you. Because every moment of relationship is not sexy. So if this man needs to go because he just needs to have sex, be gone with you then, bruh. You're not the person for me, period. So my ladies need to get accustomed to the fact that it's better to be alone than to be used for sex. It's better to be alone than to just have a warm body. It's better to be alone than to just settle for what's here. So, okay, wow. 
I like you a lot. That's the one. <laughs> that's that was so powerful. Here breathing heavy, right. like, ooh. No, we're going to lose a couple, a couple ladies that we that we currently, you know, dealing with now because of what you're saying. But, <laughs> but, but no, but seriously, though, because, um, you know, talk about being alone. So, be, right. Facts. Facts. <laughs> Here's my public health message. Please use a condom. Facts. Please get tested together. Please and thank you. If you cannot talk about sex before having sex, you shouldn't have sex. That's a problem. Period. Ooh. Okay, so you got so many bars. Okay, real, real quick, you talked about being alone is better than being in a you know toxic relationship situation. Yes. So what situationship. about right? Mm. What about when you break up? You mm-hmm. know, and you 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 said yourself you continue to date the wrong man. So what is the proper things that a woman or even a guy should be doing during the breakup period? Mm. I think it's to be real. Number one, right? For many of us, we know that this ain't it. But you kind of drag it out because you already slept with them or you met their moms or, you know, you plan this trip next month. So let's just get through this trip and then. Right. So my issue is that we drag things out. If you know this person is not your lifetime partner, this person is not it. This person gets on your last nerve. It is a duty of yours to be real Mm. and say, you know what? I have enjoyed the majority of the time that we have spent together but this isn't it for me anymore. Oh, but baby, baby, please, let's try and work this thing out. No, thank you. I think it's important to cut ties because what happens often is like, oh, let's just be friends. And what that ends up being is cuddle buddies or somebody that you call on that you really shouldn't call on. I believe that your ex is a space filler and it's taking up too much space so that now when someone else comes along, they don't even have any room to come in because your ex is still here hoarding in your home and in your heart. So we need to be able to clear that sucker out to be able to make room for the love that God really has for you. Mm. So how do you know the difference, though? You know, because I I think there's an aspect of relationships that you just, the things that you have to overcome, Mm. like problems and obstacles that you overcome. Yeah. And there's a point where it just gets unhealthy and Mm. it's time for you to cut ties. How do you know the difference at what is something that we need to be working through Mm -hmm. and this is something where... Yo, it's over with. I'm moving on. Oh, man. I talk about this in my number one bestseller, Wanted Woman, right? Wanted Woman! Hey. <laughs> so, one which, of the, which we need a copy of, by hey. the way. <laughs> right, 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 right. Sign, Long sign. story, long story. Right. So one of, one of the things I would definitely say that you want to look at is what is your what I call your love vision? Too often do we have a vision for our business, our vision for our travel, and we kind of let love be something that happens by happen chance. You know, it's like magic fairy dust that you're searching for, what you learned on romantic comedies. I actually want you to sit down and think to yourself, what do I want for my love life? What would that look like in the perfect situation? Is it me and my wife, me and my husband cooking breakfast together, you know, getting the kids ready, you know, being able to travel together, do personal development? Like, what are the things that you desire in this amazing relationship? And then how do you want to feel in that relationship? What are the top five emotions that you want to come from your body? Like, if I bumped into you at the airport... And I just saw you and you were in that perfect relationship. Like, what would you exude? Like, how, what, what air would be about you? Would there be a certain confidence? Would there be a security about you? Would you just be so, so good, like happy from the inside? And a man does not make you happy, nor does a woman. But just, you know, just being in this relationship, happiness exudes from you. There's some things that you just need to have. And you need to have some requirements in there. What I mm. notice is that many people don't really have requirements. You know, folks, ladies, you know, they'll have this list. But let them be, let them meet somebody chocolate with some washboard abs that look kind of sexy <laughs> on a Sunday. Like, hey, brother, how right. you? Right? So all of a sudden, that list goes out the window. And they just kind of say, yes, no, maybe so. The first thing smoking likes them, they say, okay, I like you too. And so we need to go back to what are the requirements to even get into my space? There are requirements here. And then when I have these conversations, do you align with my vision? Do you align with who I am? And it's less about how much you make in your FICO score and your shoe size and your height. I feel so sorry for the short brothers, right? right. So it's like being able to just look at, are we in alignment, right? So what is not align- in alignment? I'm thinking specifically to an ex. He was 6'6". I remember one day he was yelling. 
at me. You know what is not in alignment? You raising your voice in my face. That's not going to work. That is out of alignment. So we want to start to look at what are toxic traits that I have accepted in my past? What are some boundaries I need to set? What are some cycles that we're going on? You know, we cover this all in my community, but it's just like, how do you look at the boundaries? How do you look at what have you been accepting? How do you communicate verbally? And if there are no changes and no empathy and no one caring about your feelings, then it's time to go. Mm. Mm. Okay, so you said, well, what was that last thing? No empathy, mm-hmm. no changing. Mm-hmm. So this person might be somebody that raises their voice mm-hmm. and piss you off. But if you communicate that mm-hmm. and you see them being open and willing to, all right, you know what, I understand. I'll, you know, I won't raise my voice next time. Yeah, That's something you work through versus cutting off. Exactly. So I'm thinking specifically of a couple that I know, very close couple that I know. They got in an argument. This man got in his wife's face. Mm. She got scared. Mm. She was ready to leave, right? So after, you know, wise counsel, this is why we have a community, right? They decided to work it out. But you know what he promised his wife? I will never scream at you again. This is about six years later. This man has never raised his voice again. Why? Because his marriage depends on it. Like, Okay, you made that promise, you stick to it. So I know it's available because there's some people that's like, you know, this is me. Take it or leave it. No. If you care enough and it's a toxic trait, you deal with it. You find the help for it and you make it happen. Now, I'm going to take that to the next level because I really want to hear a professional's opinion on this. Is it possible for a man to actually go as far as putting his hands on his wife mm. And then after that, making a commitment mm. never to do that again and then being able to rebound and still have a long-lasting, healthy relationship. Hallelujah. Is that possible? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is very personal to me because I have a very close friend where her husband tried to strangle her six months ago. Wow. In front of her children, right? And he got locked up, made bail. He left the state. And since he left the state, he's like, you know, baby, I'm working on me, da 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 But then ended up writing in a book and sending it to her about all the things she needs to work on. And in all the conversations they had, he's like, you know, we did this. And even to his sons, never really owned up to the fact that he almost killed his wife in front of them. And even when she looked back at the body cam of the police, he said she had a knife. Right, so he was still blaming her. No accountability. No accountability, no remorse, nothing. So the issue I have with that personal situation is that man has not changed, has shown no change, and is still very arrogant and very adamant. So in that case, run. Mm. But if in another case, he was on his knees, remorseful, in any situation, I've seen it, cheating, integrity, da, 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 da. you know, like there are all the things that we all mess up as humans. But if on the other side, he was laying prostrate at her feet, yes, humbling himself to say, I messed up. I will never, right? And these are the things that I did wrong and why I was wrong. And here is the therapy I'm getting. Here are the men who are holding me accountable on a daily basis. Here's what I'm going to do for my sons. I'm going to call them every night. I'm going to pray with them. This is the job I'm getting because he also was unemployed. You know what I mean? Like this is the stuff that I'm doing to get my life in order. Then over time, I can see that reconciliation coming together. Mm. But if there ain't no remorse and there's just arrogance... So there's a way to make it work, potentially. Yeah, I I like that. Um, Well, let me ask you this, because, you know, a a big thing is that heartbreak. Mm. And it's been women who have been heartbroken again and again and again. Just just people in general, right? So those people, I would say, are typically a bit apprehensive about putting themselves in a space to be vulnerable again. Mm -hmm. So how how does a person navigate being vulnerable and open in a new relationship, Mm -hmm. but uh, while at the same time wanting to avoid potential heartbreak? So here's the thing. If we consistently just think about or avoiding heartbreak, like if you walk through life just with this thing of saying, I want to avoid avoid getting my heart broken, that's a horrible way to live. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's different to say, let me find amazing love. And if heartbreak happens, I'll deal with it. 
Okay, that's one way to look at life. But if you're just focusing in on, oh, my heart's going to be broken the next time and maybe I'll find love, that is a horrible way to look at life. So what I say you need is a love mindset shift. You need a shift. You need to shift your love mindset around love is possible for me and I'm going to show up authentically as myself and then who will love me will love me. And if this doesn't work, that means I'm on to the next. Some will, some won't. So what next? That's it. We have to get in the place of, you know what, God, thank you for taking that person out of my life. I appreciate that because that made room for the person that's actually supposed to be in here. So we need to get in alignment with not spending too much time with individuals that are wasting our time. So we do have to get clear about what are you really here for? Are we here just to have a good time? Maybe in the beginning, because you just want to get to know people. But after a time, just like a job, right? You got a 90 day probation period. <laughs> if you ain't talking about nothing, then we not doing nothing. Right. My issue is when we, We've been hanging out for 90 days and we just like their company and, you know, we're having a good time. We go to the movies, we Netflix and chill. It gets comfortable. Mm -hmm. This is the man that I call on. It's cool to have a man, but this man already told you he doesn't believe in monogamy or he doesn't want to ever get married or he has 17 children by 32 different women. You know all that. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So we need to pay attention to what the man is saying. And if this ain't it, this ain't it. And the vulnerability piece, I know it's like a cuss word. Right. right. It's like, ooh, I got to be vulnerable. Now, vulnerability. For men and women. Right. Mm -hmm. But vulnerability isn't trauma dump. Right. It's not. Let me tell you all the horrible things that I've been through. Essentially, I've told told you all some horrible things that I've been through, but I am removed from that space where I'm not broken down crying anymore. When I used to share those stories and, you know, my husband, you know, he teaches people how to tell their stories. So he's helped me through that. But it's just like, listen. I've been able to tell this story, but before I'd snot nose cry, be crying. You know, that's that's not what you want to bring on a date. <laughs> right. right. So if you're still working through that, that's not what we're bringing. Oh, so why, why are you single? You know, why is this not working for you? You know, well, you're single, too. We're both here together. Right. So I'm just seeking someone who's in alignment with me. We don't have to go into, well, you know, my ex, mm. <laughs> he did this, he did that. We don't do that because at the end of the day, that makes you look bad. Right. Mm hmm. We have to take ownership. We have to say what we've been through. And the more vulnerable you are, the more authentic you are, the more you can know if this person is liking you for you instead of your representative. Leave the representative at home. Mm. Now, you're somebody who, you know, you mentioned studying hundreds of relationship books, yeah. going to uh, relationships, seminars, and conferences as a single woman. Yeah. And I, I'm just very curious because there's a lot of messages that's being put out there about what a woman's role is in the marriage <laughs> and also what a Roman, woman's purpose is in life. So yes. I want to ask you this first. Based on your experience yeah. as a woman, mm-hmm. of course, and uh, all of the research and things that you've done as a professional, what is a woman's purpose in life? Mm, to love. I really, so it's biblical, right? So men need respect, women need love. And I know there's some women that's going to be like, I need respect too. Sis, the <laughs> only reason why you got there is because you've been doing so much on your own, right? When we, the reason why we even end up being in a masculine space as women is because we have this giant to-do list and we're the only ones doing, right? Remember those group projects where there's always one good person on the team that did all the work and everybody else kind of skated through? Exactly. That's the woman, right? So the woman is the one that is doing all the things. She's usually the woman. The woman's the one that's holding the glue together for the family, whether she's single or not. She's the one that people call on. She could plan out your life, your baby's life, your puppy's life. You know, she could do all of the things. So when she comes home, it's hard to rest, And what I find is how we're able to dial into what I call your feminine side, being able to dial into your feminine side, which is a chapter in the book, right? She's able to just sit and rest is because she's been able to release. She's been able to ask for help. She's been able to trust, right? And that's a really hard thing for many professional women to do because they're so used to doing it on their own. So Mm -hmm. I really believe when I'm in my most feminine state is when somebody else got it. And I could just be, you know, like Mm. the core of who I am is a fun girl. You know, I like to dance the night away. I like to go on travel trips. I take women on trips internationally in the U.S. You know, like we do all these fun things. Right. But that's when 
Somebody else got the rest of the stuff, all right? My hubby already took care of dinner. He already took care of the baby. He already did these things, so then I can rest. Or, you know, I could take care of dinner and take care of the baby when my business stuff is taken care of. So it really ends up being a balance of, well, then, who got this? Because if I have to get all of this, then, yeah, you end up being that person that's like, okay, let's get this thing done. Mm. You need to respect me and get the stuff done because I don't have time to repeat myself. So that's how we end up in the masculine. So a woman's role, to me... Is to love. I think that's such a great answer because when you really consider it, the women who are even struggling to find love, they always end up with a, with a puppy to love anyway. They get them a damn dog. A puppy is the yeah, new cat. Yeah, it's like the little doodles now. They go, they go out and cop <laughs> yeah. them a little doodle so they can love mm-hmm. on something else because it's like they have to love or you're going you're gonna to malfunction. And really, when I think about some of the most stressed women I know, it is the woman who had to bear the masculine, masculine responsibility all by themselves for so long. Yeah. I even have one, I'm not going to say a name in my family that I know, mm-hmm. one particular, but, you know, she kind of was the ta- very talented, very intelligent, you know, the person that kind of had to put themselves in that space to be like the first educated, first graduated, mm. first person to make this amount of money and that responsibility of the family fell yeah. right on her shoulders and she's really had to, because she loves so much and loves and put her family first, mm-hmm. she's done that in place of herself mm-hmm. and have had to bear the masculine responsibility of provision mm-hmm. because she loves her family. Right. And over time, you, I, you can, I can just see a wearing. It's a lot. That made me think of one of my clients for the Real Love Network, right? So she was a VP of HR, twin boys, right? about 50 years old, and she was working all the time. But she wanted to get married again. She's a divorcee, and she was Mm. just like, well, how does this work, Coach Cass? And so when we started to really dial into what she had going on in her life, it was just too much, right? She had to start setting boundaries, start learning how to, how do you dial into your feminine side? How do you let a man lead that you just met, right? Mm. Because that's the thing, right? A man wants to feel like a man, but, you know, you trying to say, okay, this is where we should go on a date, but you trying to come against me. Nah, we shouldn't go there. We should go here. And women like, say, women say, if he's if he show me he's strong enough, right. then I let him lead. What if he's masculine, right? What is that? It's conditional femininity, oh, right? That's it what is. it is, right? It's a lot, right? <laughs> it's a like, lot. Let me let you lead. So I'm like, you have to let the man lead. And she was married, met and married in under nine months, right? And so she's uh-huh. happily married. We about a year and a half in, right? And it's just like. Listen, that was the game changer for her, right? Us working together in the Real Love Network, changing out this masculine for the feminine and allowing this man to be a man. She was able to leave her job, something that she's wanted to do all her life, to start her own business. He's like, baby, I got you, right? Mm. When you have the right person in your corner, they got you, just like my man. Shout out to Andy. I love that too. I I, I, want to hear this though, because I want to get an actual real life examples of this. Because I think we've said multiple times how to make make a man feel like a man. Mm. We've said that statement. So now let's go to the next level of that. What does it look like as a woman? For example, give me different, whether dating, in marriage, give me examples of times you in particular actually, you know, made your man feel like a man, done something very intentionally to do so. Oh, man. Okay. So one of the the things is I, I realized that my husband loves words of affirmation and acts of service, right? So you got to know your man's love language. So like, for instance, last night we were at a conference. I don't know if this is make a man feel like a man, but I'm still going to share it. But last night we were at a conference. I spoke at a conference with about 1,200 entrepreneurs. And um, my husband loves Krispy Kreme. Right? <laughs> really? He does. <laughs> he does. And so I ordered dinner and I ordered a dozen donuts from Krispy Kreme because okay. my man loves some Krispy Kreme. When I say his face lit up, right? <laughs> he felt like the king of the world. You know, and he was out here like doling out donuts to the people in the lobby like, hey, you want a donut? Yeah. You know, he felt special, right? So to me, that's allowing a man to be a man. But the, in any relationship, like how do you pour into the person that you're with? What lights them up? To me, what's most important is that you study the person that you're with. What lights them up? What gets them excited? What are they worried about? How can you be there for them? So for my man, in terms of him being a man, what I realize is that some men are sticklers about certain things. So it is up to you to figure out what's your man's thing. Mm -hmm. So it's like, if you're the one that always wants to be the person that has the final decision on a family trip, all right, cool. 
right? Because what I know is that you don't either, you don't want to be in charge of everything either, right? So for me, when it comes to a man leading, you just want to figure out what is it that he wants to lead at because he don't want to lead at everything either way, yeah. right? He right, don't. Right. So it's like, what's important to you? For some, it might be where we're going to live as a family. Okay, so you get the final decision. We still have a conversation, but baby, I'm going to put that on you. So if it don't work out, it's still on you, right? So <laughs> I get that. I tell him that all the time, right? So for those big decisions... Go ahead, boo. I'm here for you because it's 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 a lot. As a woman, I don't I don't want that pressure. Go ahead, have it. So for me to let a man lead is one studying him for who he is, what lights him up, what's important to him. Number two, let him lead at what he wants to lead at. That's it. Figure that out and allow that to happen. And number three, still have the conversation and have the mutual respect of, okay, we still make decisions together as a unit, but you just get the final say. That's it. Mm, I think that makes a lot of sense. And uh, I, I like that you you have to study your significant other. Yeah. Okay, so Dr. Cass, let me ask you this. You're very successful. Mm. I mean, you're leading conferences. You, you're doing all types of amazing things with your, with your groups. And uh, you also have a very successful spouse yeah. and, and Andy. Yeah. So would you say that that's a requirement? Should a woman's spouse be equally as ambitious, as driven as her? No. Okay. <laughs> okay. No, it just worked out like okay. that for okay. me and Andy, right? And I know for many women, that's what they want, right? Because they're the planners. They're the ambitious women. They're the strong women that could get it all done. So, you know, I need a man to match my energy, sis. <laughs> that's no. The... <laughs> yeah. No, right? So one of the <laughs> strong conversations we had to have early in our con in our relationship was we are collaborating on the same team. We are not competing, right? Because it's very easy to be like, oh, you're doing this? I'm doing this. Oh, you're doing this? Oh, I'm doing that. Right. So <laughs> it ends up being too much. Mm. Right. So I don't believe that you should base your requirements on how successful someone is, because in the right relationship, they will grow either way. Now, mind you, I don't want you to pick up any projects. <laughs> OK, I don't want you to build a man over here, over there and try and put somebody together. So if someone is destitute and has an action plan, let them take some action and then they could meet you later, right? So if you are at a certain level and you meet someone that you don't believe is on your level, what you want to do is pay attention to their conversation and to their actions. I remember back in college, I was dating a guy. He, he wanted to be something fancy. And I helped him make flashcards. I stayed up late. You know, I was that chick, right? I helped him write out all the flashcards and whatever. And the next night, he was at the blue and white party all night drinking, laughing, strolling, Kiki Kian. I'm like, wait a second. Is this the same person that was trying to pass his chemistry test? Nah, <laughs> this ain't going to work. You know, because right. you skip the party to do the flashcards. So that's college. But then now when you get to real life, if homeboy is saying, I want to build this amazing business, and you send him the YouTube video on the business thing, and he doesn't watch it because he's, watch, he's watching the game or watching Netflix, mm. your actions are not in alignment with your words. So yep. that's what we want to pay attention to is not where you are, but yes, where are you going? But are you actually taking the steps? Are you open to influence? Because I know my mindset might be a little bit different from yours. So you may not be have been in personal development before, but are you open to me sending you a YouTube and you watching it? We talk about it, right? Are you open to maybe joining a mastermind or coaching group or something? I don't have to be your coach. That's the problem, right, for ladies, mm -hmm. right? We end up being the coach, the assistant, the project manager, and we got no ring. Nah, homie, we're not doing all that, right? So I need you to be very clear, very sure, ladies, that you do not employ yourself in this man's fake business before a ring. Mm. Encouragement. Cheerleader. My husband, when we were dating, he was a successful wholesale real estate, right? That's where he was, in wholesale real estate, making multiple six figures. And I was just like, this is awesome. And then he says to me one day, I want to go full-time speaking. I said, oh, you know, the average speaker makes $2,000 a year. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> All right. You know, okay. Right, right, right. So I went to God. I said, God, what should I do? And what I heard is like, let the man do what the man is doing. Who are you to stop him from what he has been called to do? Encourage him, right? So that's what I did. I said, babe, I, I got your back. Because I really believe he could be successful in anything. I feel like he could sell ice to an igloo person. You know, like all the things. Yeah. So I'm like, let's do it. So I didn't create his logo. I didn't, you know, create his podcast. You know, I didn't do those things. I encouraged him. I was his cheerleader. That was my role. We didn't start cross-pollinating money and things until we got married. Mm. Period. Right? So I was on the... On the sidelines, watching, 
show me who you are. I'm not here to control it, mm. right? Many busy professional women, many successful women are trying to control their relationships and that does not work. So you, I, I know you, you say you typically focus and, and you work with, um, or your book actually that you wrote specifically was a, a target and address to professional women, mm -hmm. you know, women who are busy, yeah. probably even making a little money. Mm -hmm. And when it comes back to the answer you just gave with Ryan talking about women who want to have men on the same level of ambition as themselves, you know, when you look, a lot of times the conversation of hypergamy comes in, right? Mm. Where it says that women just generally are not attracted at all to men that make less than them. Mm. I want to know your thoughts on that because, I mean, in, in my opinion, in general, I really don't see women at all, especially in, in droves, attracted or even desiring men mm. that are not able to produce the same level that they can. Is that a realistic thing for a woman to be able to fall in love long term with a man? Is, is that, can that be healthy? It can be. But, okay, so for instance, I was dating a guy that lived at home that was building his business, right? Loved the guy. Loved his whole family. We traveled together. We had a good time. Um, what ended up happening was is that I went to a concert called Jazz in the Gardens, right? Jazz in the Gardens, big thing in Miami, 60,000 people, right? Wow. And I went with my mom. I went with a couple of my girlfriends, my man at the time, and like a good male friend of mine, solid male friend. It starts raining, right? The guy I was dating went to the car. The rest of us was still out there. And so my male friend ended up picking up all the stuff, getting us a little tarp, putting us under shelter. My mama was like, mm-mm, mm -hmm. this ain't it. Right? right so right. that was the turning Oh, you got a Jamaican point. mom, too. I know she yeah. probably said yeah. yeah. some other right. words, too. He went right home with y'all. Right, right, right. Right? right. <laughs> so it's just like, <laughs> it's just like, he did not pass the test. Oh, which yeah. is also why it's important to bring your dates around your people because yep. they will see things. Me, I would have skirted that like, oh, he didn't want to catch a cold. He has a bald head. You know, like, no. it's okay, right? No. Make excuses. Right. So being able to, to pay attention. So it wasn't because his business wasn't there yet. It's literally because of his actions. So I believe that people at any stage can get together, but it's like, what are the actions that go along with the words? Okay, so this is that's still uh, tricky for me though. Yeah, it's right. still, I'm still, I'm still very doubtful of that one, Coach. Well, I mean, so that's why we I'm coach doubtful. men, you know, or we educate men. Like, hey, you need to go out there and and pursue your purpose and to work and to get you some money. Now, listen, she's not going to marry him without him getting his money together. Right. See, but that's but but that's the thing. I mean, listen, can you really you have still got to show me fruit? Sir, you got to do something. So, okay, so men are called to be providers. But, see, but, but here's the he doesn't have to provide in money, right? So right. if I am a multimillionaire, I don't really need money. Mm. Right. But I need someone to be my rest, to be my sanctuary, to be my safe haven. So is he okay playing that role? If he's cool with it, the marriage works. What's not cool is him resenting me for my success. Agreed. And then... You know, talking bad about my back, you know, making me feel bad, da 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 da, saying I should be home. But then he is not bringing that same game. That's the problem. So it's just yeah. understanding the roles in your dynamic and then also sticking up for each other when you go to the world, because the world always gonna have something to say. Absolutely. So if your mama Absolutely. and your daddy start talking about your man, you say, no, my man takes care of me, right? And you give right. the look. Right, right. You got a problem? <laughs> Right? Shall we not come to Thanksgiving dinner? I respect my man. And you, you make that apparent. You never talk down about your man. Right? It's like, I respect who my man is and the role that he plays in our family. He holds us down. He makes us dinner every night, and I love his dinner. Right? Y'all need to get some recipes from him. Right? And I, everybody, I didn't grow up with the dream of cleaning toilets. You know what I mean? Like, this whole thing about women need to, like, take care of the home. I'm like, there are people that dreamt all their life to be a cleaning person. I employ them, let them live their dream, right? I did not dream about that. Chefs, right? There's people that dream about cooking meals. Do I dream about cooking meals daily? No, once a week, cool. But it is not my daily thing that I desire to do. So you employ. That's something that many relationships are missing. You there fighting over who should do what? Hire somebody. You know, if you hate it and you hate it, get somebody else. Get somebody else to do it, period.
I like I like I like what you're saying, Doctor Cass. Uh, now I, I have a confession to make because what you're saying sounds amazing, but I myself mm. run away from professional women. <laughs> I run away from them, yeah. you know. And the thing is, I've met some gorgeous ones that was seem to be beautiful inside and out. Uh-uh. But the thing is, I just can't, you know, negate my experience with professional women. It's mm. just very masculine. Yeah. So you know. Now you kind of bringing me around to maybe being open to it again, but mm-hmm. but I want to ask you when you meet a man that you ha- or when a woman meets a man that she genuinely has interest in, mm-hmm. and she can kind of tell he's curious, right? But he does come with this set of biases or potentially negative experiences from the past. Yeah. How does a woman deal with that? Does, should she walk away from that man, or should she try to do things to show him that she's not uh, hard? You know, emotionless <laughs> rock. Not <laughs> a hard emotionless. Oh, kumbaya. A stone. A stone. <laughs> I feel like y'all been through some things. <laughs> Welcome to the room. Okay, so, <laughs> so I tell you a story. Andy and I started dating, and we were at his cousin's house at a game night, right? And the phone rang, and he went out. Not the room, but out the house. I was like, oh, snap. Remember, I told you about mm-hmm. this whole mm-hmm. leave the room stuff on the phone, right? 20 minutes passed by. I'm like, yo, where is this dude? He talking to his wife. That's it. <laughs> That's it. That is exactly the thought. So I, I was like, I'm going to play it cool. I'm going to go out there and check on him, right? So I went out. He was in his car. I stood in front of the car, and I remember him winding down the window. It might have been like this. It might have been like this. Either way, winding down the window, and he stuck his head out. And he goes, Cass, I'm not that guy. I'm not that guy. Then he wound the window back up. I picked up my face, <laughs> and I walked back inside. And from that moment forward, I decided I would not hold anything against him that he did not do. Period. Wow. And that was the that was a life changing moment for me in the way that I saw relationships because I had been vulnerable enough before that to share with him what I had been through and some of the things that were my triggers. So you have to be clear <laughs> on what your triggers are and some of the things that that landed me in the wrong place before. So I had to be vulnerable enough to share what I had been through so he knew exactly where I was coming from in that moment. And instead of judging me for it, he was transparent and said, look, I ain't him, sis. And after that, he chose to be super transparent with me. He even called me from the boys trip, y'all. Mm. On FaceTime. Wow. Yeah. What? <laughs> right. Right. <Wow>. His voice <laughs> was like, what you doing? Yeah, that's, right. that's, that's, that's breaking the rules. That's a violation. You can't have right. a woman in the room. Right. Anything can be said. People like, oh, they all start scrambling like roaches. They run around. Oh, no. Yeah. For some reason, it was mad quiet around here. Right. <laughs> Either way, you know, but he called me from the boys trip on FaceTime. You know, so to me, that was him making the effort to say, you know what? I'm going to give this a try. I understand you've been through some things. I'm going to just be real. I'm here. I'm in it. And see, that's that's one thing a lot of people really can't do. Most people are walking around absolutely bearing their trauma, taking into every experience that they have, even whether it's it's work. You taking your last job's experience to your next job, <laughs> right. yeah. your last relationship to your next relationship, whatever it is. So it, that took some real shot. But first of all, shout out to Andy for recognizing instantly what what the situation was. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she was hovering over had everything to do with your he was insecurities. On game. He was on game. Yeah, he knew exactly yeah. what was going yeah. on. That took a, a level of awareness. That's yeah. dope. That's dope. And um, you know, also shout out to you for being able to actually accept that, because that's the thing. I don't. I don't know if a lot of people are ready to go toe to toe with their trauma. Yeah. And I don't know if a lot of people are ready to accept that every other relationship or every new experience being able to walk into it with a with a clean slate, mm-hmm. you know? And and because of that, I think that's why, you know, Ryan feels the way that he does, you know, with the with the women that he's experienced and I, and what's what's the way to get over? It? Like was it is it literally just having a great man and all of a sudden all the problems go away or literally did you have to do some it was some prerequisites before you walked into that relationship to you know, get it going. Yeah, so this is exactly why I created a community to support women through their trauma 
through their love lives, through their dating, through their relationships, because we all self-sabotage, right? And so, yes, there's prerequisites and there's work to be done, right? Something else that um, we ended up doing as a couple is I dragged him to a marriage conference as a dating couple. Oh, wow. Yeah. How, how, how early, how early good, in the relationship? Nice test of commitment. Of he was, was right. in a commitment with that one. Right. That yeah. was three months in. Mm. I told him I was doing research. <laughs> I needed him to help me take notes. And it was going to be my birthday present so he didn't have to buy me nothing because it was also my birthday. She's a negotiator, too. No, no, no. That's Listen. called an irresistible offer. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that's exactly what that is. Wait, you said I ain't got to buy you nothing? Right. Nothing. I'm down. Right. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. So that also helped us to be able to communicate healthily because he learned some things that he didn't know growing up, right? So part of what was clear about me and my love vision is I needed someone to be interested in learning how to speak love. Right. Like, how do you do that when you come from two Caribbean households? My husband's Haitian. I'm Jamaican. Right. So you come from very independent women that are used to doing things themselves doesn't necessarily set you up for the most loving and engaging relationship. Mm. So whether or not we were going to end up together, you was going to be in this boat with me of what we working on. Right. So that was a, a part of what changed it for us. And then, you know, doing the work that I did, reading the books, interviewing the couples, going to therapy, having coaching, getting certifications. Like by then I was all in it. Right. So <laughs> I was very self-aware and I was just like, you know what? This is who I am. Not in a, this is who I am, you know, take it or leave it. But it's just like, this is who I am. This is what I've been through. You know, if you're here for it, I'm here for it too. Mm. Yeah. I like that. Me too. Really me like too. That. And, and uh, so with you being a, you know, a female professional and not just, a, you know, average professional, like you really killing it, right? Where, you know, a lot of times with us, we realize that just being an entrepreneur is 24 seven, you know, seven days a week. Ooh. So are there specific challenges that you have to deal with when it comes to being a female professional and the traditional gender roles that come with yes. dating and relationship? Oh, man, that's tough, right? Okay. Because I'm still the house manager. I'm still the person that makes sure that all the things are stocked. My child's uniform is washed, you know, mm. that essentially we have the things for dinner, even if I don't cook it. You know, like all uh, all the trips we have coming up, making sure everything's paid for, you know, the finances on auto pay. It's a lot of extra stuff in your brain that just automatically, as women, we just think differently. I'll ask my husband to do it, but he'll he be like, oh, okay, right? <laughs> it's not on his radar. Right. It's yeah. like, yeah, I'll do it if you ask me, but... Otherwise, he like... You know, <laughs> food gonna be in the fridge, right? So so it, it ends up being very overwhelming, right? So I recently talked to a therapist and he was like, look, you need a shutoff time. You need a shutoff time when it comes to work that you can just be with your family. And it's really hard, especially when I have night sessions, because I serve many professional women. So a lot of my sessions are after work so that we can talk, right? right. So it's like we have our group sessions around 8 p.m. So what I've decided is one, I won't take one-on-one -on -one calls for like, like every other week, right? So I block my schedule, right? So during the day, I have time to think and to do, and it's not as stressing. Then in terms of my evenings, I'm, I could look at my week and say, okay, I could block off five to seven on these days so we could do family game nights, so we could do the things, so we could have the fun. And then something else we do is that at least some nights of the week, we try to go to bed at the same time. Hey, we married folk now, mm -hmm. right? You got to make sure to be married, right? <laughs> right, right. So it's, it's like we have to remember all those things go into also running the business to make the impact on the one million women I'm trying to reach, you know? So it's like, okay, all of this together, it happens in compartments and in blocking time. And no, we do not always get it right. Yes, I do wake up crabby sometimes. No, my tone is not always on point. I don't claim to be perfect, right? But I claim to be in progress. Mm, mm -hmm. Not perfect, but in progress. Yeah. That's a hell of a statement right there. Yeah. I really like that one. Yeah. I really like that one. And let me tell you, Coach, I'm, I'm very impressed by how you're answering these questions because I can definitely tell it comes from a, um, a very healthy and intentional place. Mm -hmm. I think one of the biggest things that, that I, I like that you've, that you've done was to be able to put yourself in a place where you were absolutely serious about prioritizing your progression and your knowledge in this space. You said you had therapists. You was going to conferences. Reading books. You put this to the top of your list. Mm -hmm. I want to know this, too, because I know we got limited time for you. So I want to know this before I, before I get you up out of here, too, because a lot of times, too, a lot of ladies can feel pressured, especially my professional ladies. They can kind of feel pressure with life and, you know, where they are, how, their age. Um, and 
not feeling like they're they kind of feeling like they're behind the ball. Mm. When, when was that point where you personally, you know, put that to the top of your list at that point in your life? Yeah, after I'm 29, wedding invitations. Like <laughs> it's like, wait a second, like I don't. I need, I need to figure this out because I've been told all my life to put your career first, to put your education first, to put all your accomplishments first. But as a driven, goal-oriented woman, that never ends. Mm. After you hit one goal, it's the next goal. It's the next goal. It never ends. Like we, We're goal-oriented, driven women, just yep. like men, essentially, it's right? So we together, right? Yeah. So it's, it's like, you knock that out, all right, cool. There's no celebration, I bet, you know. On we'll to the next. Chicken. On to the next. Yep. That's what we do. So what I started to realize is like, wait, I want love. Yeah. Because if I do all this work by myself, for myself, that's a little selfish. I want to be able to leave a legacy. I want to be able to have family. I want to have shared experiences. So I have to put that love on top versus putting it under, you know, my travel plans, my business plans, my hair plans, my nail plans, my mama's plans, my puppy's plans, you know, like mm-hmm. <laughs> underneath my shoe, I had to raise that thing up. And that's literally the mission that I'm on, right? I believe that every woman is wanted, woman achieving new triumphs every day. Now it's just to figure out what does she want? Who does she want and when does she want it? Mm. Now, do you think that, um, cause I like that. I like that strategy. Do you think that women should be a bit more assertive in, uh, in their pursuit of men? Cause you know, things have changed. Things have changed now. It's probably less opportunity, I think in person to speak to men and, and that type of deal. Do you think women should be a little bit more aggressive with that? Listen, okay. <laughs> I made this joke at the conference like yesterday. What w- many women do, you know, that old school, a man should approach me. So they might go to one event for the year, right? <laughs> and then they roll up and they, they're on the wall by the garbage can with a chicken wing in their hand and a drink in the other hand, looking down at their foot. Who is talking to you? Nobody. Not right? approachable. So in right. order to be approached, you got to work on the flirt, right? You got to work on how do you talk to men? How do you have conversation with humans? And I know a lot of people are introverted or they get social anxiety, but it's just like you're just meeting new humans, people who were born on this earth. That applies for online and offline. It's like everybody is a human. And you just want to get to know them. On my podcast, I ended up interviewing a woman who had gone on 35 dates in like 35 days. Damn. Yeah. She was working. She She was was working. working. (laughs) She was working, right? And she did it back when there was classified ads. So she had put a classified ad and the people would call her on the phone. Oh, that's innovation. You know, so like back in the day, right? So then she had conversations and she went on these dates with men and she was like, I'm just curious to get to know humans. And that's it. Not is this my husband? Mm. Is this the one for me? Nah. She ended up meeting her husband through the process. Somebody she went on a date with introduced her to him. Mm. Right? So sometimes we put too much weight on the man standing in front of us or the possibilities of the man. Listen, they might lead you to the love of your life, but if you can't open your mouth, start a conversation, close mouth don't get fed, sis. It just just don't work. I want to come. Man, listen, next time we get you on... I want yeah. to go into a little bit more of the flirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to go into like... Some... I feel like with Dr. Cass, we can talk about anything. Yeah. Like, yeah, we got a lot more conversations with you to come. Yeah, yeah. We, we need those, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, listen, you are... I want you to know you have an absolute open invitation on the Harlan and Shader platform. Anytime you come to Atlanta, Dr. Cass, anything you got going on, make sure you put in there a stop at Harlan and Shader. I yes. appreciate you. Thank yes. you and, and here's the good news, though, y'all. I think we got something special for y'all. Just for the hardly initiated family mm-hmm. that Coach Cass is going to put together for you guys here today. Because, listen, it's not enough for us to just do this stuff alone. It's not enough to just watch these videos. You having some resources, you having a community is huge in your development, in your progress. And Coach Cass, let the people know what we got for them. Oh, man. So the Real Love Network is an amazing community that I have curated for busy professional women to find and keep the love that they desire. So we work on self-love. We work on choosing love, Mm. fix that broken picker. And then how do you thrive in love? How do you not self-sabotage the very thing that you say that you wanted? So I'm partnering with with these amazing gentlemen to bring y'all something special. So when you go to reallovenetwork.com 
forward slash hardly initiated. There's going to be a link there for you to join this amazing community. And if you need to have a conversation, there'll be a link there too. My goal is to reach one million women, Mm. to know that they are wanted women and to put love on top. Because at the end of the day, I don't want you to settle. I want you to have a love that lasts and I want you to have fun while doing it. Ooh. Smooth. She's too smooth. Listen, y'all. <laughs> go ahead. We're going to make sure that link is also right there in the yep. description. Click that. Nice and easy for you to click. Join the family. Get you a community. And we're going to go ahead and get you that husband that you want as well. All right? <laughs> That's a fact. That's a fact. <laughs> well, listen, Coach Cass, thank it. you so much for joining us here right before listening. She's about to go ahead and be skirting down the road to catch this flight. Yes. But thank you for stopping by <laughs> here with this short time. You've been amazing. Thank you guys as well for tuning in to another episode of Hardly Initiated. We are out.